Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan C. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams. I'm sitting here at Java Joe's in downtown Des Moines. I'm sitting here with a good friend, David France, who has been on the show before. We actually did a show. You were on the Live to Grind episode, but we took part of that for the podcast show as well when we're playing pool in my basement. Pool table confessions. Pool table confessions. So, David, I, since people already know you, I want to start off with this question. What does success mean to you? I think for me, success is finding out internally what makes me happy and pursuing the things that make me happy, but then also on the flip side of the same coin, finding about, thinking about what impact and legacy I want to leave in the world and spending my time working towards leaving a legacy beyond myself. So good question. What does that mean to be making impact? What would it define that specific goal what, what does that mean to you well you know I, I think one of my models is give your life away and so if I can from the things that I've learned from the things that I've studied from the things that have been poured into me pour those things that I've that's been poured into me into others then I think that's what having a legacy is or having a meaningful life basically I'm sharing what I've been shared with, with others because I think when, when you share with others the things that have been shared with you, I think you, your enjoyment of that thing is exponentialized. So what would be one tangible thing? So we can, I'm all about measuring. How can you measure your success? So what would be a measurable thing or accomplishment that you would consider to be a success in your life or in the next year, two, three, five, ten years? What would that be specifically? Paint that picture for us. Ah, it's so hard, Brandon. Um, the thing that comes to mind is... On Saturday, this past Saturday, I was in Boston, and one of my big mentors flew in from Minneapolis to Boston to do a workshop, and my students came. And one of my students, who he has been fighting me tooth and nail since I met him in September, just because he's a, he's a kid that no one ever really believed in. He got in trouble, and people just never gave him the time of day. And I just, this year, just wouldn't give up on him. And um, on Saturday... My teacher comes and he's not, he doesn't even play the violin, he plays the cello. She gives a violin master class and he just hears about her passion for music. And he takes me aside afterwards and he said to me, Mr. France, how much money do you make teaching us? And I said, I, I don't make much money. He's like, you don't make much money. So is it, he said, is it, is it for passion or is it for money? And I said, it's for passion. And he had this like determined look in his eyes and he said, um, he said, he was almost, his voice was shaking. He said, I want that. And so I said, well, well, Brian, I, um, I found something that I loved, and I, and I decided to do what everyone wants to do, follow your passion and, and really pursue the thing that you love, sharing my gifts with other people. And he said, um, with a shaky voice, he said, I am a junior in high school, and I don't know what I want to do, but I, 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 think, I think I know what I want to do. He said, Mr. France, when you... When you retire or, or when, you, when you die, I, I, can, can I run this orchestra? Can I take over? And um, it's stories like that where 
you change the trajectory of someone's life where I didn't even know that was going to happen. You know, I just, he actually asked me on Friday, he's like, do I have to come on Saturday? And I looked at him and I said, no, you don't have to come. And then he shows up. And, um, and then afterwards he says to me, I, th I found my passion. And so just even that impact, impacting, if you impact one life, then each life can affect so many other lives. So I 100% agree with that. And I want to go to in terms of not following the money and following the passion because there's a lot of people listening right now and they're like, okay, David, I want to do that too, but I also have to pay the bills. I have to survive. How can you, what's your advice to them? How have you been able to live your lifestyle and how can you do it without thinking about the money? Well, I think um, I, when I was a senior in high school, I graduated and had this amazing job at this company where I was low-key advising the Air Force, the military, just out of high school. And in my job, there was a gentleman who came over to me because he heard that I was a violinist. And he said to me, oh, when I was your age, I used to be a composer. And I remember that day, 17 years old, thinking, I never want to grow up and, and think, what if? What if I followed my dreams? And I just made a commitment to myself, no matter what, that I would pursue what made me the happiest. So there was that foundational decision as a, as a young child. But also, one of the things I've also really learned is that relationships are riches. And um, while I don't have many resources, I have many relationships. And those relationships lead to the resources that I need. And so I, I, I trust that whether it's money or whether it's relationships, that I'll have everything I need for, for what I need to accomplish in this life. So one thing about you, David, is you're one of the most connected people that I know and it, it's funny how you look at things because relationships are you are the average of the five people you hang out with and you have so many powers and take away the money side of things the influence to be able to impact people in a great way and the people that you influence who influences other people is powerful so I want to go back just quick before we jump farther into that when you grew up did you grow up in a wealthy family so my parents, they moved to the United States from a small poor country called Nevis in the Caribbean. And so my mother has 18 brothers and sisters. My father has 19 brothers and sisters. And they came to the United States with no money and pursued the American dream. And so when I was growing up, um, my parents had more jobs than two people should probably legally have. And they were just beginning to build their life in the United States. And I would say just kind of... A Appearance-wise, they have what looks like the American dream. They have a nice house. They travel all over the world. But growing up, they were building that. You know, so they, they, I, when I think of my childhood, I don't really remember my parents much because they were always at work because they were building something for, for me and my siblings and for their family and for their community. So we were, we were well, I think I, wealthy in, in terms of I, lear, I learned the work ethic. I learned that, and I think that's wealth. I think learning, getting a mindset a mindset that says whatever you want to do, you can do if you put the work in and get the right mentors and surround yourself with the right people. That's wealth. Um, a, a work ethic that says no matter what, my parents, my mother came home from one job. I had cooked a little dinner for her. She ate it and went to another job. And um, I saw my mother for maybe 45 minutes a day um, because she was working so much. But that's that's wealth. So yes. So yes. <laughs> so what? So. Your parents became wealthy, but you, there's no, because you look at some families, people build wealth and they like give on to the next generation, but you don't 
take any of that wealth. You are on your own. Like what, what is the main thing that you've learned from your parents that you take away? I think the main thing I've learned from my parents is that no matter how much you have, you can still be generous. Because I learned that generosity isn't really a function of your income. Generosity is a character trait. And um, my father, a couple years ago, told a story of his mother. So when he was growing up in the poor island of Nevis, every morning, my father's mother would make baked goods, like Johnny Cakes, for the neighbor neighbors and give them to my father to give away. So every morning, this poor woman with a bunch of kids gave her one of her youngest childs, my children, my father, food for the neighbors. And he would go around and give this food to the neighbors. And he would come home. And he said the, uh, the best part of his day was telling his mother all the thank yous. And so when I was growing up, my parents had, had a, a three-bedroom house, but there were 15 people living there. And they were basically a kind of an underground railroad helping people from their island move to the United States. And so I, I saw that whether they were poor or whether they had a little bit of means, no matter, no matter what they had, that they could be generous to other people. And I really saw what that did for their, just their outlook on life because they were always positive. They, 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 even, they, even if they were in need, they realized that they, were, they, had, they had something that, that they could bless somebody else with. So the way I, I see this is, I mean, you've learned so much from your, your family, from your parents about the power of giving and just giving so much. I mean, you don't have to have money to give. You just can give your time. You can give help, resources, whatever that may be. So let's talk about how you've been able to, I mean, you give back and how you've even sitting here today and going to speak at Young Entrepreneur Convention this year is from just giving, flying out here, year one. And we didn't even know you, and you were helping put chairs together and just volunteering your time. We're like, who is this kid? And now, three years later, we're great friends and working together on many projects. So for you, what? tell me exactly what you've done to be able to connect. Because people want to know, how do you connect with all these influencers? How do you connect with influential people? What do you do? What do you do specifically? And I know this answer, but share with detail what you do to be able to connect with whoever you want. Well, when I was a kid, actually, I was really shy. I was so shy. My peers thought I was a mute. But my parents, who couldn't really teach me and my siblings how to be American, my parents always said to observe other people. So as a shy kid, what does a shy person do? They, they, they observe people. And so while I observe people, when you observe people and you, and you listen, you learn patterns, but you also see what the needs are. And I think one of the things that I do is... Actually, also as a shy kid, I was very introspective. And I, I really believe the more you know yourself, the more you can honestly know yourself, what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. The more you know yourself, the more you can really impact someone else. And so what I bring to a conversation or a meeting or a networking event is I bring a deep understanding of my, my, the, my nuances at the most rawest, realest level. And, and I realize that people are, people are similar. And if you, if you walk into a situation, one of the things, people, people like to talk about themselves. So if you ask them questions, then it will open them up. You know, or people, people want to be cared about. So if I think if I, think I want to be cared about, but nobody's care about, caring about me, then I'm sure someone else feels that way. And I, if I offer that, I know it's going to be impactful. So I think just really being hyper aware of my needs and desires and then giving those away to others, it's, it's really impactful because I realize that if that was offered to me, how I would feel. 
So it's showing up and then it's showing that you care to those people. And when you do that, the reciprocity does eventually come and then they will listen to you and they turn around the question. So what, what is it you do? How can I help you? And it reverses. I think it's, the problem is most people don't do that approach in the long run. And you look at the long run. When you first, and for you listening right now, David reached out during an Indiegogo campaign. After three or four emails, I finally responded to him because he said he wanted to help. And then I let him help. And then when the event happened, he actually flew out a few days early, helped put it together, did literally everything. He was willing to do whatever it took. And because of that, we built a relationship. And he continued to show up in ambitious adventures through masterminds, events, every everything that we, I mean, we went and did. And through that, three years later, not even three years later, and David's one of our main keynotes for the event, and we're looking at doing other projects together because he showed up, he added value, and he showed that he cared. And in return, the reciprocity came because how do you not want to help somebody like that? So just cool to see that story, how it just kind of formed with us. And I, I don't know if that was your intention at the beginning, was it? I mean, or you just wanted to help? Like, what? What did you have a strategy when you first reached out to me? Like, hey, I, I intend one day I'm going to speak at his event. Well, I, I honestly <laughs> wanted to speak the first year, but also that's right, I forgot about that. I wanted to speak the first year, but way more than that, when I went onto your Indiegogo campaign page, just what resonated with me was just what you wanted to accomplish with it with this convention. You wanted to assemble a community of on-fire young entrepreneurs who wanted to take this world by storm and, and, and make a difference. And I, wa- I wanted to be in that room no matter what. And so whether I was speaking or whether I was sweeping the floors, I wanted to be in that space because at the end of the day, every, everyone sees really cool things and they're like, oh, I wish I was a part of that. For me, rather than just wish... I, I, if I want to be a part of something, I just figure out how to, how to get there. It's so crazy you say that because I was actually watching by Simon Sinek, um, if I'm saying that right. He talks about what true leaders are and how people like Apple and huge companies succeed. And it starts with their why and what they believe in. And you look at Martin Luther King. He said, I have a dream. And he said what he believed in and what he stood for. And it was during... A certain speech where there was 250,000 people there. And Simon talks about those 250,000 people didn't go there to hear Martin Luther King. They didn't want to like, they came there because they also believed in what he believed in. People will follow like you believed in what we were doing and you wanted to be a part of it because you had your own belief system. So when you tell others what you want to do and what you believe in, you can build tribes and communities. And now I'm just seeing from that, that's how I've attracted people like you because I share my beliefs. We have common beliefs. In businesses, you don't start with your product. You start with what is your why. And then you tell your product. Then the connection is authentic. You know? yes. So here you are. You shared your, your vision and your beliefs. And I authentic, it authentically resonated with what was true and is true about me. You know. So again, I just thought... Whatever I need to do to be in that space and to be with those people, I, w- I want to be there. Because for me, finding Young Entrepreneur Convention, finding you was, was in a sense of coming home, was with a, fi- with a finding my tribe. And, and, and when you find your tribe, you, 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 in a sense, find a little bit more about yourself. You find yourself. 
You do. You know, talking about this is really cool. She, like, knowing about your why and your tribe, because what was started three years ago with this event, now hundreds of entrepreneurs have come, businesses have happened, even myself, partnerships, TV shows, through starting with my why. And that attracted other people and helped other people. So when people start with their why and what they authentically want to do, then the rest comes. The money, the products, whatever else. Starting with your why. And that's why I love for you, you're always about your why. And you're, you're true. That's why so many people connect with you and very influential people because they know you really want to help. You're not just trying to make money. You authentically care. I agree. And I think if people are struggling maybe with what their why is, just I think I don't think they have to worry their why is is if it's hidden I think if people just take the time to really think about okay like what drives me what do I live for what what gets me up in the morning and really ask themselves honest questions and if the answer if they don't like the answer then maybe that's a journey that they need to go on but I think everyone's why is either above the surface or below the surface or, or deep down but it's there and it's, and it's definitely worth connecting with because me and you, we connected, not just because of our why, but because we authentically get along. You know, so once you start with the why, then you'll attract people, and then the people that will stick are the people that you authentically get along with. And, and, and that's okay if it's not everyone. What leader do you resonate with most, dead or alive? Well, Martin Luther King is a, is a huge hero of mine. Um, just Why? Tell me. Why? Being able to, at all costs... And in the face of possibly death and death, follow what you believe in and, and, and risk your life for the sake of the joy of other people. Even, even if that joy is attained long after you're no longer here. Now I see why we're so connected, because we're so alike in so many ways. Who are your top three mentors, people that you look up to or get guidance from? Brandon T. Adams, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, Jason Harms, and top three, maybe another friend of mine. Uh, let's say T.J. T.J. Jones. Why? What? What? What do you get from them that helps you so much? Or I say this a lot. In all honesty, I think being able to be yourself in its rawest, ugliest form you know just who you are at your worst and being being accepted i think for me that's a platform to 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 build something up upon i feel like if, if you're building if you're building upon a facade that's not true then that's a house of cards but if if, if you have people that allow you to be yourself and at your worst they are there for you and allow you to grow then you're, that's an unstoppable combination it's hard to find people that you're completely open. And I think about that, our conversations we have that I don't have with many people because I don't share with everybody everything. I mean, with you, I'll just straight out say exactly what it is. And when you do that, there's something powerful about it that allows you to be unstoppable. Yeah, and I don't think you should trust everyone. You know, so you're right. It's super rare. And if, if you can find that person or those people that you can completely trust, then you are really set up for really incredible future and I, and I think then there, there's an obligation to then to then really move in that direction because one of the things that's extremely personal for me, personal for me is I, I'm afraid of failure 
I, I fear, not failure, sorry, I fear success. I fear success. And one of the reasons I fear success is because of the responsibility that comes along with it. You know, and the greater the responsibility, um, possibly the harder the fall. But if you have those people who will be there for you no matter what, then that fear of success becomes more manageable. So that, that's interesting because most people feel fear failure, but you're fearing success. But when everybody else wants success, that's the opposite. I don't, so it's, it's because you know the obligation that comes with success. Yeah, I am intimately connected to the ob- that obligation, what that means. Because it's, you it's, take it seriously. I take it very seriously. I like that because a lot of people, they say they want success, but they're not willing to do what it takes. And as I know that what it takes to become successful and what you define success to be or accomplishments or trophies, most people aren't willing to do. I look at having an Emmy nomination, being able to create a TV show, put on an event, these things that we talked earlier. Heck, year one of YAC, I was ready to sell my truck because I didn't know if we are going to raise enough money to put on the event. Most people wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't go in negative. Most people wouldn't risk everything because they aren't committed to true success. And also, here's the thing. I think whether your philosophy is give your life away or not, the more successful you are, then your life is no longer completely your own. You're sharing more and more of your life with other people. And, um, and that's a responsibility as well. And for me, growing up super shy and just really wanting myself for myself, but also realizing that so much has been poured into me that um, I, I feel a, a moral obligation to, to share what, I, what I've learned with other people, then that, that actually, if I do it in the way that I hope to do it, it leads to more success. And more success leads to more people being into more intimately involved in my story. So the moral of the story is it's time for you to go in front of the spotlight, which you've been fearing for a long time and you're slowly doing, but you're ready to, to go all in. Well, I'm slowly doing it, you know, and I, I realize the power of it. I remember when I was a senior in high school and I knew my parents couldn't necessarily pay for me to go to college and I wanted a full scholarship. I knew that if I was going to win a full scholarship in my essay, I had to be more vulnerable. And I, I, would, I would have to tell my story in a, in a kind of mask-off kind of way. And, um, and I, I think of that all the time. And what, one of the things I've been recently doing is um, I'm new on Instagram. And I've been, I'm telling my story over the next few months of my trip that I traveled to, my one-way tri- trip to Europe. Um, and I'm, I'm telling my story, I'm trying to tell it in the most vulnerable and the most mask-off kind of way. And um, it, for me, it's, uh, it's moving in that direction of, of telling more about myself, you know, and, and just sharing more intimate details about me and my life and my story and, and, and things that I don't have to share about. But I know that when you do that, so many people struggle through so many things alone. And it's the people that, that share their story in the most authentic way. It resonates with those people who are quietly saying, wow, I struggle with that, or I think about that, or I've always wondered that. And it's those people who are willing to be vulnerable who can really make a difference in other lives. I want to make a difference so much that I'm willing to trade my privacy for other people's happiness. You're willing to make sacrifices that you 
don't want to like jump and do, but you know that it's what is needed to have success. Sometimes doing the hard things. And I just acknowledge you for that ability to do that, the courage. And I'm excited for your future. And this whole show has been about why and, and your drive and your mission and leadership. And honestly, I, I think that's why successful people connect. Because they, whether they say it or not, they all realize that they're living on a vulnerable line. And when they meet other people that are successful, they can support each other. In, in, in subtle ways because they're going through similar journeys. Being real and not just showing glamour and fakeness, like just like you said, like vulnerability of who you really are, and people can connect to that. So before we go, I'm going to ask you what's your best advice for listeners beyond checking out your book, Show Up. By the way, it's amazing. I've read this book multiple times. It's a true success on how to build relationships and connect with anyone. And I'm, I think I'm quoted a couple times in the book. Um, but uh, I love the book. Check it out on Amazon. Show up. Where else can they find it? If they just Google show up, David France, I think it's available on many plat- more platforms than I even realize. But um, if I had to give a parting advice, it would be we spend a lot of time wanting things. Babies come out of the room crying, come out of the room selfish, which is fine. But I think that if we can become everything that we want others to be, then not only will that be a fulfilling for us personally, we will then make an impact on the world. So become become who you hope to meet. Amazing words. Become who you hope to meet. I love that. Thank you, David. In this coffee shop here in Des Moines, Iowa, excited for your keynote here in a few days for Young Entrepreneur Convention. For all of you listeners, think about your why. What is your goals? What is your dream? Are you pursuing the right things? Are you going after it? Are you willing to sacrifice and do what is necessary for your success? You've been hearing from David France and Brennan T. Adams here. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.